the power of your bloodline. You know, we have two things we have to consider. And Father God, give me direction and clarity as I preach this so that those in this room can understand that when we kneel, that the blood falls, that all hell can tremble. Satan can tremble at the power of your mighty name, the name of Jesus. Amen. The power of your bloodline. See, we are always challenged with what our ancestors have done. We're always challenged to carry the guilt, the word curses, the vexes that have been put on our life. Yet, we don't understand that there's also power, wonder-working power in the blood of Christ. We have a tendency to believe what was told to us. We have a tendency to believe that those that make those comments over us, to us, that they are truth. But I'm here to tell you today, they are a lie. And Satan is the master of deception, and he will twist and turn everything he can just to cause division in your life. Look to the person next to you and say, he's a liar. Today, we're going to look at the scriptures, and I hope that when we leave on sermon number two on this series of what is our bloodline? How can we break that ancestral, those generational curses that were put upon our life? You know, you don't realize the little things that you say to people that actually form who they become. 53 years of age. And people will say, eh, you'll never make it. You'll never make anything of yourself. I remember back when I was in high school and always trying to challenge young people, listen, this is what's so important. You need to remember that you are highly favored, that you are a champion, that you are a child of the Most High God. And listen, I don't care what anybody says about you. You are perfect. We believe so much of what people tell us. Yet, we don't understand that there's power in understanding that we can then speak positivity into our lives. But more than importantly, the word positivity is Jesus. We can speak Jesus into our lives. I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say this. If we understand our position, it would change our condition. It's your time. You see, the question this morning is this. Are you ready, church, for God to do a miraculous work in and through you? Are you ready to embrace the bloodline of our Heavenly Father? Inside you flows the bloodline of a champion. You are the seed of Almighty God. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, here's what it reads, and you can follow along on the screen or turn in your Bibles. We love having our, the Bible. We love having the Word. But here's what it says. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. And then he says in verse 6, it's interesting because he says, Showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. 
showing mercy. Do you know how many times I've had to look at people and say, I want you to renounce what was said over your life. You know, I also love when people will say this to me. My grandpa meant so much to me. My grandma meant so much. They were my role models. I don't know what I would have done without them because every time I saw my dad or every time I saw my mom, this is all they said to me. I want you to know that you can renounce and say, you know what? I don't have to have that in my life because there's freedom. There's this new life in Jesus Christ. Then it also says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Say this, they're possible. And we continue. Then it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. It's not how you start that counts. It's how you finish. It's not how you start that counts. It's how you finish. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What happened in your past is not nearly as important as what's in your future. That's good stuff right there, isn't it? Because it's, it's not what happened in your past that is not nearly as important as what is in your future. And then we read Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 that says this, Behold, I stand at the door, knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Are you ready to receive God's can-do power. Are you ready to receive the power of his bloodline? Say this with me. And if you will, we'll, we'll say this together, but you'll follow with me. I've come too far to stop now. I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked I'm going to get back up. You know Why? Okay, I like that. Because I know I'm a victor and not a victim. I'm a winner and not a whiner. Because I am a child of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Right? Okay. All right. <laughs> I have to say this. You know why all this matters? Because on the inside of you are seeds of greatness. You are the seed of Almighty God. And you are a champion. You are a champion. There's nothing worse than when I start to watch people start saying things and doing things and parents that just continue to keep pouring the negativity and negativity and negativity and negativity into that child's life. Or how about this? Have you ever worked for somebody that they just can't tell you anything positive? Nothing they say will ever be positive. 
Come on, right? So you rebuke that, sister. You have to rebuke that. Sometimes people want to just take away any joy you have because we know that I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy. You know, I love, and it says, and I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. Oh, I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I, was it wasn't one of those verses I, I've got the peace, the past, and understanding down in my heart. You know, I, I think that was one of the ones too. But anyhow... People want to rob us of the joy. They want to rob us of the happiness. They want to rob us of the peace. And I want you to know this. You don't have to live underneath that any longer because you can renounce it. You can rebuke it. You have the power to say, get behind me, Satan, for today I shall worship the Lord my God. And today I will only worship him. See, I call these people cotton pickers. You know what a cotton picker is? Yes. Yes, they'll just pick and pick and pick till before long. You have nothing left. They've picked all the cotton off my vest. That's a cotton picker. And so sometimes people are cotton pickers. And we've got to rebuke that. We've got to renounce it. And we've got to rebuke what Satan has tried to make us believe. You know what's sad for me is that in each and every one of us in the church, we have a gifting. And each and every one of us have an amazing gift that God has given you. Are we using that gift in line with what he has gifted you. Why don't we do that? You know, I will tell you what I believe took place this morning. I, last night, I thought, okay, you're going to do this song. And because it's been a long while that I've sung by myself, a long while, I started shaking and I got real nervous. I woke up this morning and I was real nervous. Well, guess where fear comes from? It sure comes from the enemy. And so I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm in the shower. I'm saying things all morning long. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Listen, I have to practice it too. Because, you know, word curses and words can just destroy who we are. You know you're going to forget the words. I came up here without the words. And I said, and guess what? I'm going to have faith that I'm going to get through the song. So much faith that I said, honey, just make sure you pull up the words. And if I look at you, make sure that I don't miss it just because of my nerves. Okay, I, I lacked a little bit. <laughs> said, don't worry about tomorrow. Well, I was worried about right then. But anyhow, I gave it to the Lord. And so I love that song because I know that when I knelt, I have felt the power of Jesus Christ on my life. And I know that when he went to the throne room, he pleaded on our behalf. He went and died on the cross. And when he said it, it was it is finished. It was completed. Your sins and all the things that people have said about you are gone. You don't have to believe it. And we have just lived underneath that oppression. We have been pressed down. You know, I, I made the, the illustration is much like this. Jake, get up here. We want to use you today because you've got those good-looking shorts on and we want to show off your legs up here. Anyhow, um, so oppression like this. I could say that because this is my son-in-law. You could see he's intimidated with my size, can't you? I knew it. Anyhow, people will say to me, Pastor, what's oppression? What does oppression look like? How does that work? And, and I'll say things like, so oppression is much like this. You know, it's the things that Satan uses to press against us. So often we, we don't realize what oppression looks like, but oppression can be like this. 
what's happening? Go with me. Don't try to act like you're tough or anything. All right? So before long, you're like, man, this feels real heavy. What's going on here? Or how about this? You're no good. You're a terrible manager. You'll never be a good husband. That's, that's called oppression. That's right. Uh-oh, here comes his mom. <laughs> Come on. Get it, girl. <laughs> Anyhow, but that's what Satan does. And then oftentimes, have you ever felt like it's like this? It hits you and something just hits you real strong. That's oppression on a whole nother level. So many of us, after a while of this, and after a while of this, and after a while of, you know, something pressing so hard on us, what do we do? We collapse. We fall. We become weary. We're tired. We're exhausted. And then Satan comes in because the last... We didn't practice this, all right? So when you're this low, the only place you can go is then to Jesus. So then you crawl to the place of prayer. There you go. And then you pray and you ask God to deliver you from the oppression. Good job. Thanks, Jake. We appreciate it. So then we cry out to God and we ask him to then help us. Yes, for many of us, the place where we're so low is the place where we give up. We say we're exhausted. We're tired. We just can't do it anymore. And so what do we do? We throw it in. We say, I'm not going. And and then yet, I'll have people say this, I'm so angry with God. Why are you angry with God? You know, in the word it says he'll never leave us. He'll not forsake us. He's with us. He's journeying with us. And there's no sweeter place to be than on your knees praying in a place where God got a hold of you and said, all I've been asking all along. Surrender comes when you say enough is enough. Do you know that we have... You know, many in this room might have parents might have parents that are divorced. And in this room, for some of you, that, that has become just a way of life. And so you've accepted that it's okay because you see the enemy has pressed on you so much that he has made your relationship so bad that now you say, I don't want any more of it. I'm done. Well, are you limiting what God can do in and through you? I understand. Life is hard. Situations are difficult. People are crazy. Life is chaotic. Yet we have to understand that we'll believe things. And then I always, I told my wife this many moons ago uh, when we were first married. And I said to her, we can't use the D word in the home. And that does not mean the word that you're thinking. It means the word divorce. Because we had a tendency, and I'm not saying this to make you feel bad today. I'm not making you feel, listen, we've had our struggles. Can I be transparent with you? We've had some big time struggles. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful for the sovereignty of Almighty God. That he showed us to be humble, to show humility, and to work through our differences. But you know, it was easy. Dad being married four times, 
mom being married three times, why not? It's just easy that way. But maybe that's you. Maybe you're in the room today. Maybe you've gone through divorce. Do you know you can stop it today? You can say, God, I'm going to do something. I'm going to rebuke. I'm going to renounce everything that Satan has tried to press. Remember oppression on me in my mind and tell me that I'm not worth it, that I'll never make it. You can start today saying my next relationship, I'm going to work through it. I'm going to cry out to God and I'm going to ask him, Lord, help me. In Psalms chapter 139, verse 16, here's what it reads. It says this. And if you have your Bible, you can turn there. But it says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. I like what it says here. Yeah, exactly. It says this. There was once an article that I recently read about a famous racehorse. The kind you might see at the Kentucky Derby or other prestigious horse races. I never realized how much time and how much effort and resources went into the making of one of those championship horses. I'd always thought that somebody was out riding and one day he or she discovered that a certain horse was fast and yet gifted. Now follow me. So they decided to enter the horse in some races. And of course the development of a champion racehorse takes much, much more than just that. These are not ordinary horses. These are thoroughbreds. They have generation after generation of winners on the inside. These horses have been carefully studied and bred for generations. The breeders, trainers, and veterinarians may search data and statistics for the past 50 or 60 years. Now think about this. To check the animal's bloodline. It's not coincidence that a horse raced in the Kentucky Derby. You see, in Horse racing, the bloodstock agent, agent focuses attention on the animal's bloodline. He or she will spend months staying or studying a particular line of horses, researching the lineage. The bloodstock agent will examine how the horse's father fared as a racer and how long his stride was, how fast he could run, and what size he was, and on and on and on. Do you get that? The breeders understand that winners don't randomly happen. Winning is in the blood. Simply to breed one of these world champion thoroughbreds can cost up to a half a million dollars. And there's no guarantee that the colt will win. In fact, when the newborn colt is born, his legs are all wobbly, he can barely stand up, and his eyes are glazed. The uninformed observer might say, oh, those poor owners wasted their money. That horse couldn't win anything. He looks like an average, ordinary horse. Are you with me? But the owners know that on the inside, in his blood, that colt has a legacy of championship genes. A legacy. In fact, he may have a dozen world champions on the inside it's all in the blood that's why the owners are not necessarily concerned about the colt's initial weakness they don't really care what color he is how pretty he is or even how large he is they know that deep down on the inside that cold that colt 
has the blood of a winner. So friend, I want you to know this morning, that is how God looks at you and me. Our external appearances are relevant. It doesn't matter what color your skin is or what your ethnic background is. It doesn't matter how many weaknesses or flaws you have. You have the DNA of Almighty God. You come from a long line of champions. Many of us have accepted word curses. How about this? Word blessings. When was the last time somebody looked at you and said, Well, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And you stopped and just looked right at him and said, thank you. I will receive that. You know, we have a tendency to do that. I want you today to accept word blessings, not word curses. Evil powers shouting against the acceleration of my family die in the name of Jesus. Consider this. Your heavenly father spoke the galaxies into existence. Your elder brother defeated the enemy. Think about just some of the natural ancestors. The DNA. You have the DNA of almighty God. Moses parted the Red Sea, right? That was great faith in his bloodline. David, a shepherd boy, defeated Goliath with only a few pebbles that he picked up from a brook. That is courage in your bloodline. Samson toppled a building. That's supernatural strength in your bloodline. Daniel spent an entire night in a lion's den and wasn't harmed. That is divine protection that flows through your bloodline. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem when all the odds were against him. And determination and persistence pulsate through Your bloodline. Queen Esther put her life on the line to save God's people. Sacrifice and heroism are in your bloodline. Do you understand? Do you truly understand what I'm saying today? You come from a bloodline of champions. You're not ordinary. You are a thoroughbred. It doesn't matter what your present condition looks like. You need to know that inside you flows the blood of a winner. On the inside of you are seeds of greatness. Take a better look at your bloodline. On the inside of you is a champion after champion. You are the seed of Almighty God. And let me say something to you. Excuse me. I don't want you to walk away from this message today and saying, Hey, babe, I just realized today you're a thoroughbred. Please don't do that. That won't go over too well. I want you to understand that in every one of us, is an amazing bloodline. There's great faith in your bloodline. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, it says this, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in verse 4 it says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
Amazing, isn't it? It's amazing when you think about it. So Abraham departed. And then he told Abram to look up. For all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it. And to your seed forever. You see, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. And he established a covenant between God and him and his seed and their generations. For an everlasting covenant to God and the seed after that. Psalms chapter 112 verse 5 it says this. Guide his affairs. All the nations shall be blessed. You come from a bloodline of champions. Now listen church. Here's what I want to kind of encourage you this morning. You must quit focusing on your weaknesses and get a bigger vision for your life. And then understand that God sees you already at the winner's circle. Amazing thought, isn't it? It made me think some things. You know, because so many of us are so, uh, we believe that we'll never achieve where we need to go. We stay in this, in this frame of reference. We stay in this uh, circle. For some of us, we can call it the loser circle. But I'm here to tell you today that you can then also be part of the winner's circle. Now, don't get me wrong. If you look at the life of Abraham, who I just read about, 75 years old, and God was still dealing with him. And then he says, go sleep with your handmaid, Hagar. And then after that, you know, Ishmael comes about. And then, you know, we, we start to see God doing things. But in through all of it, we start to see that God sees everything he does. Listen, if you've made mistakes, maybe there's been oppression on your life and you keep giving into it. I want you to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ and there is deliverance in and through him. You have to believe that. You know, and if you look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you start to see in Matthew just how that all filters down. And then once you become born again, like John 3, 3 says, Verily, verily, I send to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter. Born again means that I'm a new creation. I'm a new person in Christ. We've been indoctrinated so much by what other people say, other religions. You know, but this is, you know, if I hear one more person say to me, well, my mom, my dad, I do this because of my parents. Oh, hogwash. Did you smoke your first cigarette because of your parents? Don't answer that. Um, they may, maybe they reference, you know, don't you to do that. Did you do something? As an individual, because I have power through the blood of Jesus Christ. To the winner's circle. I'm on my way there. You know, you know what saddens me? Here's where, what I think really gets to me in the church. Is that we have become so um, picky. Back to that cotton picker word again. We've become so picky that we've picked apart services. We've picked apart the pastor. We've picked apart the music. We've picked apart everything that you've lost the blessing of what God wanted to deliver in your life. He says his word won't come back void, but it'll prosper there to which I send it. Then you go home and you're like, did you see the way that, that Sister Sally looked at me? Man, I can't stand that woman anyhow. Well, go up to her and give her a big old hug. Squeeze her till her wig falls off. I don't know, but you know what? Show some love. Show some mercy, right? Thank God I could say that nobody's in here by that name and you're not wearing a wig today, are you? Just checking. We come from a bloodline of champions. Listen, he's already seen them putting the roses around your neck. 
That's what David was talking about when he said, God, all of my days you ordained before one of them came to me. In other words, you may be a mere 30, 40, 50 years of age, but God has been working on you for a long time. He had you planned long before you were born. You are extremely valuable. You are not ordinary. You come from a great stock. Back to that thoroughbred again. Do not say that to your wife either. Although I might say that to my wife. We'll talk about that later, babe. You've been destined to fate. Isn't that cool? Do you know when I look in this room, you all have giftings. Use that because you were destined to use them. Let go of the nerves. Let go of the shakies. Let go of all the things that people said about you and say, you know what? I'm going to clean. You know what? Listen, Paul was in and out of jail all the time. Can you imagine the word curses that were on that man's life over and over and over? So listen, you've been destined to live in victory, destined to overcome, destined to leave your mark on this generation. And sometimes you hear people say, well, he's just got good genes. He just comes from a good stock. Let me tell you, you come from a superior stock. God brought you out of his best. Interesting. To most people, the famous racehorses don't look much different from ordinary horses. Certainly they are beautiful animals, but the average person couldn't ascertain the champion from the merely well-bred horse. You know why? The difference is in the blood. Look to the person around you and say, hey, the difference is in the blood. That's what makes you extremely valuable. You hear that? That's what makes you extremely valuable. You are destined. And every month we should say, it's an abomination for my family to be prosper, to be silenced in the name of Jesus. Anoint your household. Anoint your family. Ask for spiritual stamina. Because it's important to your family and it's important in your bloodline. It's the same way with us. The scripture says in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. It's the same way with us. When the scriptures say we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony and a willingness to lay down our lives because of what God has done, every one of us is a thoroughbred. But you don't know, pastor, the life I've led. I hear you saying, I've felt here and I've made mistakes over there and I still have this addiction. I can't break free from it. That doesn't change your bloodline. It doesn't change what's in you. You may never have realized how valuable you are. Perhaps you never realized the price God paid for you. What you have on the inside. And in 1 Corinthians, it says in chapter 6, verse 19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Then it continues, For you were bought with a price. You are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought with a high price. God gave his very best for you. 
his only son. So please don't go around thinking that you are worthless, that you don't have a future, because you are a champion on the inside. It's in your blood. I want to say this in closing. That there's a lot that I could teach you in regard to your family bloodline. This is part one and next week will be part two. And I want you to understand the significance of what your family bloodline looks like. And sometimes we get up and we think, you know what, I'm just not good enough for this job. It's all because somebody said, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You won't make it. There was a young lady many years ago who, when I was in high school, uh, this, the, the guidance counselors, I was called to preach when I was 15 years old. And uh, so then I started counseling at, at a really, really young age. But I, uh, they couldn't figure out what was going on in the school because the kids would go to the guidance office or they would tell their teachers, can we please see Todd? And so uh, they opened up, thankfully enough, the guidance counselor knew Christ. So she said, hey, Todd, they would come and get me out of class and say, these teenagers need to talk to you. So I remember this one young lady, her name was Tony. And I remembered that day she came in and she started saying, you know what? I have a question for you. So what value am I? And I said, what do you mean what value are you? And she said, you know, Todd, I see you always talk about Jesus. And, you know, he's a part of your life and you go to church and you're faithful. But can I ask you a question? Why is it that I keep getting molested by my father? Why is it that I keep getting violated by my loved ones? Why is it that I continue to keep getting abused? I said, I want you to do something right now. I want you to renounce and rebuke everything that has been told to you. You are a masterpiece. You're a thoroughbred. And she said, I just want to take my life. I said, listen, your life is more valuable than that. Your life is important not just, I understand what's going on. That's not your fault. I'm sorry that addiction is in your family. I'm sorry that you've been violated. I'm really sorry that you've had to go through this. breaks my heart. And I'm really sorry. I mean, think about this. I'm 17 years old, and I'm hearing something that was so foreign to me. And yet she says, and not once, not twice, but three times. And she said, you know, Todd, I just don't think my, wor- my life is worth anything. You understand what has been told to me? I mean, if I'm worthless, and if I'm not of any value, then I'm just going to give up my life. Maybe you've been in the crossroads in your life. Maybe there's been a time when you've said, my life just isn't valuable, and I just want to end it all. I want to let go. I'm sick and tired of it. You know what? The, the oppression is so difficult i can't handle another day of this uh, of this stress i can't handle another day of these voices in my head i can't handle another day of the addiction i can't handle another day of financial hardship but you can so here's what i said to tony it might be somewhat bold i said tony I want you to say this with me. To hell with you! And I remember that young girl screaming at the bottom of her lungs. 
to hell with you. I want you to know something. That you are of value. That God loves you. And I know we live in a society that Satan wants to just rip apart the potential that you have. You have potential. Maybe that was my life. And I remember one night that I said this. Hey, Tony, let me say this. Here's what I want to communicate to you. Jesus loves you. And she came to know Christ as her Savior. She came to know the loving, sovereign, merciful God. You know what I told her? You're a thoroughbred. She said, thank you for talking to me today. Because last night, Todd, I was looking at taking my life. Because I said, he'll never touch me ever again. Well, the young lady has flourished. She's grown up. But she realized that she needed to take authority. And I'm here to tell you, I can, I can preach a flowery message. We can take the strawberries, put the chocolate and dip them in there and make it look flowery. And you all walk away with no hope, feeling the same way as you walked in. Today, I want you to be changed. I want you to say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke what Satan has tried to put on me. The word curses in my life. Perhaps you have never fully considered what you have on the inside. You have made mistakes. But don't let your mistakes keep you down. Get back up. Go again. Your errors or wrong choices do not change your bloodline. They don't change what's inside of you. And oftentimes society will write a person off when he or she fails or makes poor choices. But God is not that way. God sees your potential. He knows what you're capable of being. He's the one who designed you. He knows that you can still do great things. You know why? Because it's in your bloodline. You see, your spiritual bloodline is more powerful than your natural bloodline. Your spiritual bloodline is more powerful than your natural bloodline. Granted, you have to overcome some negative elements in your families natural bloodline we get it but always remember your spiritual bloodline is more powerful than your natural bloodline take your hand like this i'm looking out here you've been handpicked by almighty god do you believe that give me a wave you've been handpicked by almighty god hallelujah let me put him down you have his royal blood flowing through your veins Put your shoulders back and hold your head up high knowing that you have been chosen. That God wants to free you. You've been set apart before the foundations of the world. And understand your value and shake off the inferiority. Shake off the insecurity. And the champion is already within you. Just waiting to be discovered. You know why? Because it's in your blood. You receive that today. Amen. Let's all rise to our feet as the praise team comes. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that we can rebuke, renounce, and take authority over what others 
have tried to take away from us. So, Father, we claim that we are winners and not whiners. That we are victors and not victims. mentally, physically, financially, God, you are in control. So through your mighty name and through your power, we rebuke anything and everything that has been put on us from the enemy. Father, you told Satan to get behind you For thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. Lord, we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be pressed upon. We're all going to be oppressed. But God, we want to save our families. We want to save our children. We want to save the generations to come. May they they feel and sense the presence, not the bitterness and the hate and the sin that was stirred up and continued to be uh, communicated in our families. Father, help us to run in victory. Help us to be thoroughbreds. Help us to to claim and receive that, Lord, we have an amazing bloodline. So this morning, as this altar is open, Father, I speak Jesus over this church. I speak Jesus over this city. I speak Jesus over, over the enemy and the circumstances that keep people in strongholds. And Father, we rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for seeing our potential. Thank you that we have hope in you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today you're dealing with an insecurity. If you are, raise your hand. Let me see it and I'll pray for you. Amen, amen, amen. All over the place, amen. Today, Father, we pray that you will replace that that, uh, insecurity, the the feeling of inadequacy. Father, I pray that you'll deliver them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pull down the strongholds that you have... Uh, that Satan has placed within their mind and in their life. And God, I pray that you'll give them life. Father, I pray that we'll be able to stand as courageous, godly men on this Father's Day, courageous, godly women on this Father's Day, courageous and godly youth on this Father's Day. And God, that we claim that, Lord, there is victory in Jesus. And so, Father God, we love you. Thank you for your word. And Father, may we all... Receive the power 